And then it gives you that little like advanced super clicker down on yeah. the bottom of and you have to click that and then it's like, are you sure? Yeah. Are you sure? And then you finally get to the <laughs> and then site. Then you wonder if you're actually sure. Oh, and then you're like, shit, what's right. happening? Am and I you, sure? Yeah, and you get to the site and it's just like, grandma's mushroom page. You know? yeah. <laughs> Three people have to turn their keys simultaneously in order to visit grandma's mushroom page. No, that's page. right. And it's just, I love mushrooms Ew. and I've collected them my whole life. And you're just like, damn, Google, what's happening? Today's episode is brought to you by Refinitive. Refinitive provides information, insights, and technology to drive innovation and performance in global financial markets. Find the insights you need and capture the opportunities you want with better data and smarter APIs. Join the revolution with Refinitive's developer community and learn how to work more effectively. Go to refinitive.com slash stackpodcast to get started. Refinitive. Data is just the beginning. Hey, Paul. Hey, Sarah. Hey, everybody. Hey, how you doing? So I just want to kick things off by saying the episode you're about to hear was recorded about two weeks ago, I think one week after Stack went fully remote. So we talk a lot about remote work. We talk about a really interesting Let's Encrypt bug. It's a fun episode. We have a lot of laughs. Obviously, the situation with coronavirus has evolved rapidly since then. We know a lot of people are struggling and hurting, and we don't in any way intend to make light of that. So please listen to the episode knowing that it was recorded two weeks ago. These are our thoughts on things like remote work from two weeks ago. And Paul and Sarah and I have talked, and we're going to try to begin recording twice a week. So releasing two episodes a week and keeping everything a little bit more current with the breaking news and just, you know, try to make sure that what we're talking about reflects the situation as it is on the ground. So the segment I want to do now is remote work. Starting next Monday, Stack Overflow employees have been asked to work from home just as a precaution. It's not because we've had any reported cases of COVID-19 among our staff, but the more social distancing you have, the less likely you are to get it. And what's interesting about us and GitHub announced they were doing this earlier in the week is that I think it will really change nothing for most yeah. of us. You know what? We work in Slack. Really hurt. We work in GitHub. People we work in just Google Docs. Love coffee. No engineers that are married to each other. <laughs> <laughs> because you, <laughs> because I, I speak because I'm married to an engineer, and both me and my partners, both of our offices yeah. are. And when you live in New York, you have 1,400 square feet. So we're yeah. just going to both have really Oh, look at you with your 1,400 square feet privilege. <laughs> oh, <yes. laughs> 14 for two <laughs> people? That's 700 feet per person. Are you, you, what, you probably each have your own bathroom. <laughs> oh, Sarah. I'm just, literally We thinking. live in the middle of Brooklyn. I am building a box fort in my house. <laughs> I have 1,200 feet, two kids, and a lovely wife. And boy, oh boy. Yeah. If your kids have to work from home, it's going to be rough. Oh, uh, it's really... We're thinking a lot of activities already. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're planning everything. the homeschool curriculum. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. My, really? My kids are going to learn Saxon rust. Math. So, but this is so funny because I was thinking to myself, okay, this won't change anything. It'll be interesting to see what happens. And there was an article on BuzzFeed that was like, maybe this will finally be sort of the nail in the coffin where it's like, why are people even coming in? Like, if this works for two weeks, let's trim down, do less real estate, more flex desks, more remote. Like, if it just, if everything hums along for all these tech and finance and media companies, it's like the kind of watershed moment. But the counter to that is, I worked as a freelance journalist for many years. It's miserable to have to always work from a coffee shop and work alone and not hang with your coworkers. And as Sarah pointed out, quarantine's a little different if you just have to work from home, but you yeah. get cabin fever pretty quick. People are different. My company, Postlight, we have yeah. a large remote team. 
who really like working remote. And it's led by a remote engineer. And mm -hmm. it's very well coordinated. And, and people have a positive remote culture. And we have engineers in the office as well. And we've given people the option because literally our office is filling up. And we're like, okay, well, it's going to take us. It takes a while to get new space in New York City and expand. So we're like, hey. If anybody wants to do flex desk and sort of like work from home a little more or spend more time in that, you know, have a flex desk in the office so that we have a little more fluidity, let us know. And people originally were like, oh, okay, that's interesting. And then they're like, no, nah, we, we really want the space. Like we want wow. to be here. And you can respect both. I know a lot of here remote orgs and the reality is just they're just less centered. And so like some some people need that office, some kind of works well and other things just need people to get in the conference room three. Yeah. I usually work from home one day a week because it's nice. I can like put my head down and work. Oh, you get your email cleaned out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I do need that office for the other days because I, I like seeing people that I work with and like solving problems in person. A big part, third of our company though is remote, fully remote. And so we like totally support that. Why and you do yeah. the big offsite? Didn't you go to Austin this year? Yeah. yeah. I mean, two things about Stack Overflow. One is that the idea for it came from a podcast talk between Joel and Jeff that was done remote and is hilarious. Go back and listen to it. The audio quality is so bad. <laughs> and then for a long time, the company was mostly remote. They just mm. hired engineers wherever they wanted to. Yep. And at this point, the company is a third remote. But, you know, not just like, hey, any city in the U.S., like Russia and Brazil and Germany and France, like truly remote, you know, all yeah. around the world. And so I think for us, again, it's less of a cultural shift but maybe Paul's right that there are certain people who gravitate to those things, and maybe that's why we live in big cities. Like, for me, coming to the office is part of maintaining my mental and emotional health, mm -hmm. and I feel like the way that I progress in my career. So, Leadership I, is hard remote. Like I, yeah. I, I do feel that as a remote leader, having watched people do it and managing and working with people who are also working remotely, you do have a tendency to structure things in a list and delegate and be a little more because the, the conversation has a kind of you go, then you go, then you go, then you go quality. And as opposed to the more ambient listening and talking and, and sort of like, can I talk to you for a minute? Like things that are very casual where you're like, whoa, this was kind of screwed up. Come into this room for a minute. We got to just like, yeah, we should talk about this. Yeah. yeah. And, and remote employees actually learn how to deal with that. And they, you know, they, they DM on Slack and, and they resolve it in their own ways. I think the thing that's critical is it's just not one-to-one -one. and it's different kinds of personalities, different kinds of work work better. Certain aspects of human relationships are, are easier remotely yeah. and certain are much harder. And so it feels like when we have this conversation a lot as an industry, we're like, first of all, I think there's a contingent of people who are just like, going to the office is stupid. You should be able to work remotely and I want to work remotely. Yeah. Let me do it. Yeah. And like, I get that. They are people who should probably work remotely. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if that's how you get your energy. Yeah, I mean, also, like, like, I'll be more productive. I'll get my stuff done. What is your, you know, yeah, what is your life situation? Like, it's awesome for Sarah to be able to go to Miami for a month. Very jealous of that. And we talked about John from our office before who does the nomad lifestyle. Yep. I have two kids. So like, Yes, if I didn't, I would also do travel. Like having the bonus of traveling while working, I think is one of those things that makes remote so intoxicating. Mm -hmm. But when you're in the family life, that's not, I mean, you could get the van, I guess, and hit the road. <laughs> Oof, that's a rough one for your conference calls where you're in the van with the children. Yeah, there must be some kind of like camper van I can get with no, like the... LTE on the roof. Yeah. yeah, The kids are homeschooled and we're yeah. just seeing the world. Yeah, and you and strap I'm the children to the roof during the two hours <laughs> off site. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. We pull to the camping site, and I'm like, you go gather the firewood, and yeah. then I do my, my calls. We call yeah. it, You call it the big off-site. That's <laughs> what it's called. <laughs> the big off-site. I'm mostly connecting to the Zoom meeting by satellite phone. Yeah. yeah. So. Ha, hu, ha, 
So just to wrap up the remote thing, one thing that is interesting, like we were saying, is we sent out this email to employees, you know, please don't feel that you need to come to the office next week. And we would encourage you not to. And then some people were like, but I really want to come to the office. And they were like, Mm. okay. Yeah. (laughs) Like if you want to come to the office, if that like, especially for salespeople, like if that's going to be your like, you know, zone where you like get things done, come. Well, also we're in a zone now where like, it seems like from epidemiological terms that it's it's a little bit hit or miss in New York City whether you come or not. But right. like, it's like from a pure sense, sure, if you lock yourself in one room and never leave, it's you're less likely to transmit anything. Yeah. But yeah, okay. I mean, we're going to be living in a weird-ass world for the next month. You know, let's acknowledge our privilege here. And this is one of the things, you know, that's really wild about our industry is like we can work from anywhere. We can work from a computer. If you drive a truck or work in a restaurant or, you know, clean hotels for a living, obviously – you're going to have hard choices to make. So yeah, we, have, I mean, we usually, have some certainly some privilege here. No one's going to go to Chipotle. Yeah. yeah, Microsoft did a really chill thing yesterday, which was announced that their hourly workers, even if they can't come in because, you know, like people need to stay home, they're still going to pay them. I find good guy Microsoft, Microsoft very confusing. I do too, but that's because we're old. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. I think everyone else is like, wow, it's a, it's a really big company and quite progressive. And I'm like, were you yeah, around 10 years ago? Do you remember ago? the hurt that they caused? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, that's exactly, look, for an organization like them, and they have, you know, roughly $400 trillion of money, yeah, just yeah. money, to look around and be like, wow, the people who support us should be able to also continue their lives. Yeah. They've yeah, done some absolutely. really good work, and especially under Satya, I have to say. Look, that guy took a thing that was going pretty well, but yeah. really not that interesting. Didn't have well, a lot of, yeah. It wasn't going well from like a press, pers- from a PR optic No, but true. from That's a market true. perspective, it was just fine. Yeah, just the market kind of a, was fine. It was no like one a really giant, ugly it. company. It was like IBM right. back in the day. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then he turned it into a giant, infinitely profitable snuggle fest yeah. from yeah. the outside. Yeah, agree. Yeah, from the outside. And he used Shout to be- Satya, come on the podcast. Let's talk about how he did it. He yeah. likes poetry, too. We can talk poetry. We've got Clive on. We'll talk some poetry. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. So, yeah, it's interesting. We, you know, we've talked a lot about these, about the broken parking meters, about maybe what happened to Robinhood, about the uh, hedge fund that had Y 2038. Time, obviously, is tricky. And another thing, Paul, you pointed out is that, you know, when you can choose between malice or incompetence, it's always the certificate expired because somebody forgot or that person got fired or they quit or they died. Well, the, yeah. Also, you got to remember when- <laughs> It was on some guy's credit card. When malice on enters vacation. the picture, it's always exploiting incompetence. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's not like, like malice can't get in there and be like, I'm going to make this insecure. It's, malice has to get in there and be like, <laughs> Look boy. at this. Look at these Found incompetent it. clowns. I'm going to have so much fun today. And by malice, I mean Russian bot armies. That yeah. is what I mean. <laughs> but shout out to our community uh, yeah. who let us know ahead of time that some of our certificates were going to expire. And so we were able to jump on the problem and fix wait, it. Wait, wait, really? Like they Nyusika were like, 7H. So they were like, hey, guys, just a little heads up. How yeah, much more? Read the, read the headline there. Yeah. So someone posted on Metastack Exchange that our Let's Encrypt certificate was requiring an urgent renewal. Stack Exchange's certificates are in need of renewal ASAP due to the Let's Encrypt CAA rechecking bug. Uh, Let's find out what that is. So, Well, Let's Encrypt is a service where it's essentially... I have many a time in my life set up a certificate for a website and like installed it in Apache. And it is one of those things that it should be about 10 minutes of following the FAQ. Somehow yeah. you always screw it up. It's oh, like fascinating. Deep config files. And then you're just like yeah. two days later, you're like, I'm hitting port 443 and it won't. Rah! 
and um, and it, you know, and then it's it's uh, and then something goes wrong, or like you set the wrong address, or just it's just bad. And so Let's Encrypt is a nice free service created by well-meaning nerds who did a good thing. And you just like from your command line, you can go get your certificate, get stuff set up, it does some of the configuration for you, and now you have a nice secure website, which is key because everything is now HTTPS out of the box instead of HTTP. So yeah, this is kind of like table stakes for really getting online these days. Yeah. And it was a lot of work to do before, and they really have simplified the process, except because it's automated. So what was the CAA bug? Do you know? I'm taking a look. Okay. Okay, while Sarah looks for that, I mean, Paul, it's interesting you say table stakes. Have you had this experience a couple times where certain browsers, if you go to a non-HTTPS, well, they'll, they'll warn be like, people are you now sure you want to go here? Yeah, that's right. That's so right. This might not be a good site. And, and you know... Maybe it's a malicious site, but maybe it's just some poor, small, you no. know, e-vendor who didn't get it right. My own personal that blog. so much business. My own personal blog back in the day, and it's still up, right? Ftrain.com. You don't need to go visit if you're listening to this. But it's like, I need to keep it up. And I was paying $100 a month for a server that had been just kind of sitting there for like eight years. Yeah which is embarrassing. So I was like, I'm going to refactor this. I'm going to take a couple days. I'll take the day. And so I put it out on a service called Now from Zite. And I got my HTTPS all configured and so on and so forth. They handle a lot of that for me now. It's $2 a month now. Amazing. Yeah, it's 2% of the old costs. So you, you do have to do this. So you have to deal with it. Everything is is secure. By and the warning that Chrome default. shows you, it's like the side of a cigarette pack. It's oh, like, yeah. Are Pre- you sure you want to go here? Big red might be virus. Prepare and you're like, for no, death. Forget you're going to no, read this garbage. Oh, it. my God. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, it bums me out because it's part of the web. It's just like, here, here's some text that you might want to read. Right. And it doesn't have to be secure, but uh, people decided it does. Yeah. So. All right, I'm just going to read this out loud. So Let's Encrypt found a bug in their CAA code, their CAA software, Boulder. So CAA, C- I'm assuming, is a Certificate Authority something. That's a, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Our CAA software, Boulder, checks for CAA records. At the same time, it validates a subscriber's control of a domain name. So it's checking the certificate. At the same time, it's validating the control of the domain, who owns the domain. Okay. Most subscribers issue a certificate immediately after domain control validation, but we consider a validation good for 30 days. Okay. That means in some cases, we need to check CAA records a second time just before issuance. Happens. Specifically, we have to check CAA within eight hours prior to issuance. So any domain name that was validated more than eight hours ago requires... we Time! It's always time. time. Yeah. I mean, and this is the thing, like, there's a lot of reasons. As you're saying this, I'm just going to, like, I guess so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm doing. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that seems right. Absolutely. I mean, eight hours? Sure. sure. Yeah. I mean, how many seconds is that? Yeah. Like, All right. Yeah. Oh, the bug man. is when a certificate request contained N domain names that needed CAA rechecking, Boulder would pick one domain ch- name and check it N times. So the bug was, See, it would this check. Is, I'm telling you how bad it was to set up certificates. In yeah. This is so the, instead of you, checking each domain name. You'd end up reading things like this yeah. and going, I don't want to be on the web anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> so what this means in practice is that a subscriber validated a domain name at time X and the CAA records for that domain at time X allowed let's encrypt issuance. The subscriber would be able to issue a certificate containing that domain name until X plus 30 days. Even if someone later installed CAA records at that domain name that prohibit issuance by let's encrypt. 
Dun, dun, dun. So let's unpack that. Now I it's read malice. That malice can enter the picture. Wow. Yeah. So what's going on here? If someone has more than one domain name, it's only checking the one domain name as many times mm-hmm. as domain names mm-hmm. they have. So a subscriber validated a d- domain name at time X. I'm not sure I can wrap my head around this. I think it's something like this. One time I was supposed to travel to London and my passport was about to expire. I got on the plane in New York with a valid passport. And when I got off in London, it was invalid. And therefore, I could not leave the airport. Yeah. Ben, ben, that that is either a fantastic metaphor or completely inaccurate. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like it could be the world's greatest metaphor. It does. Literally today. Do you understand this? No. Something about today, I'm just literally, I need someone to come explain computers to me here at Stack Overflow. Okay. I I cannot understand this. No. Sarah and I are just beaten. Ben is a newcomer to being beaten on this stuff. But this is it, Ben. This is, we have been vanquished. By the I'm pretty get- sure I just explained it in a way that anyone could understand. Sure. <laughs> of course, of course. That's why. That's why. The way jur- that anyone could understand something. I mean, that's why journalism <laughs> is beating technology these days. <laughs> exactly. All right, Sarah. I dare you to write a Stack Overflow question, asking somebody to explain this, and see if we get an answer. Okay. If it doesn't work out, we won't include it in the podcast. Okay. If someone calls me dumb, we won't include it. Yeah. Okay. All yeah, right. I'll do that today. All right. Great. I got to be frank. If someone calls you dumb, they can go to hell. <laughs> okay, great. Like, there are right. times when we are dumb, and there are times when shit is... I'm just on year 20 of, why won't the certificates work? But I think where we started was, thank you to the community for being yeah. kind of our watchdog. Thank you for someone under, out okay, there for so, understanding that. So what happened is they had to reissue a bunch of certificates because yeah. there was this bad bug that could allow sneaky devils to come in and do bad things. Yes. Yeah, and ours wasn't reissued. Demons, well, so, D-A-E-M-N-O-S. Ours was about to expire. <laughs> so, this exact, so this is the classic, right, which is... You go to Stack and you're like, oh, hey, what's going on? Better check Stack Overflow. And instead, Google pops up and is like, this site is malicious. It's coming for your credit card. It's full of lies. We can't validate a damn thing. These people are monsters. So this was about to become Stack Overflow. Now, if you want a situation in which your incredibly proactive and engaged audience has strong feelings about the way that you administer and run Stack Overflow... Yes. <laughs> for all the times, for all the times they pointed out silly little bugs or grammar errors in the blog, we now can really see there is strong value it. to yeah. their to their. This watch would have blog. been a level seven egg on face situation. Yeah, yeah this yeah. would have been a hacker news Robin Hood uh, situation. Yeah, yeah. Once again, <laughs> time. Who's even running it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. I think right now uh, we're getting pretty close to done. So why don't we do some lifeboats and wrap it up? I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. If you're bored at home, lifeboating. Oh, my gosh. If you're bored at home, lifeboat it up. Yeah. You know what? Also, I have to say, this is a great time to tell people about the other stacks. Yeah. Like travel and world building. Oh, maybe not travel right now. World building. There's some really fascinating stack exchanges out there. If you go to parenting, there's how do I explain this situation to a four-year-old? If you go to personal finance, there's a lot of stuff about how to manage your money in this time. If you go to world building, there's people, you know, talking about Dungeons and Dragons and creating fantasy stories to get you through this. So get on and explore Stack Exchange. It is unbelievable. It's the size of Stack Overflow Plus. It's the size of Wikipedia. Oh, there's lots of cool home improvement stuff. Now is a great time if you're if you're bunkered down to do home improvement. And if you have a question and you can't get out and you can't hire a plumber, seriously, ask the question on Stack Exchange. Why not? I also, it is a time for everyone to, as you're resurrecting old laptops to give to kids or to use for distance learning or whatever, may I say out loud, you know, 
Ubuntu Linux with Chrome. Uh, because <laughs> yeah. no, because no, we just pulled this old Lenovo out, and my wife is like letting it update Windows, and I'm watching it just crawl to a halt as Windows puts yet more Windows into it, and I'm like, you know. <laughs> We are like one flash drive away from that thing being about seven times faster. And she's looking at me like, <laughs> I don't want to give our neighbor, you know, a Linux laptop. And I'm like, oh, I think you do. So anyway, this this is our moment, everybody. Right. Get those flash Speaking of smug on. engineers, exactly. right. This is the, when, when the apocalypse comes, that's when the Ubuntu Linux. <laughs> also, those Raspberry, <laughs> really those raspberry Pis you have sitting around, they're going to work fine. Totally. Let's, let's get it totally. out there. All right. Well, I don't want to do a, too big of a plug, but just so everybody knows, we put a, something up on the site yesterday. Teams Basic is free until I think the middle of the summer, June or July. So if you are at a small company and you think it would be useful, you can go check it out, stackoverflow.com slash teams. It might be useful to you and it's free for now, so why not? All right, y'all, let's see some lifeboats here. Cannot import your lib in Python. Make sense? Oh my God. So thank you to Elethin, awarded two days ago. Oh, that is one of the fundamental problems. Importing things into an object-oriented language, which is supposed to be like the fundamental aspect, it's always confusing. It's like Java has that you have to set up the class path, and Python is like yeah. in folders. And somehow it resists understanding. Like it's just one of the most cognitively, right. where is my stuff? It's in like five different yeah. places. <laughs> yeah. I, so yeah. like good for them for doing that lifeboat. As mentioned in the comments, your lib is not installed through PIP. It is part of the standard library. And then there's a whole bunch of other stuff in here. So thank you to Elethin for that answer because that stuff can be tough. Use of delete on exit parentheses method in Java. Awarded two days ago to Barney. Any thoughts on that one? Nah. Just Barney's a hero. All right. And how to add custom CSS in a Wix website. Thanks, Gray Ayer. Why not? We hope everybody is staying safe and staying sane. We hope all your loved ones are well. And we send a shout out to all the people on the front lines who are working to try and solve this problem. I'm Ben Popper, Director of Content at Stack Overflow, currently recording from a country cabin in upstate New York. And you can find me, Ben Popper, at Twitter. And you can always reach us, podcast at Stack Overflow. I'm Sarah Tripps, Sarah J. Tripps at Twitter.com. And you can find me bunkering down here in Brooklyn. I'm Paul Ford. I'm the CEO of Postlight a digital product company. You can find me on Twitter at F-Train. Everybody stay indoors and stay healthy. When you're hearing this, the world will be different, but let's get through it together. Excellent. All right. Bye, everybody. Stay safe.